Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, PK, and it is March 8th already. So, PK, how you doing, and what do we have to look forward to? Well, I'm, I'm doing fine. The rest of us are dealing with secret, secretiveness and uncertainty of what's really going on around us. The spiritual side is strong, but secrets can be very taunting for all of us. It's a great time to start something just for you, but determined to keep your lips zipped because hmm. we're getting mixed messages from the political side to the common everyday side, shall we say. But it's really important that because this is a month that deals with our spiritual, but our being in charge ourselves, we need to take charge and take a look and don't believe everything we're told. Pay attention. Do yourself a favor. Check, spell check, double check, whatever you have to do to make sure that what you're being told is correct because there's a lot of sleight of hand going on. Now, there's going to be a tendency for some headaches going on right now, some HEIs because of the one-year of the one month, which is everything above the shoulders. So there's going to be a tendency for that to take place. But it's very important that you take a look at what you're seeing and what you're being told. Hold nothing back except what you know is detrimental to someone else. But speak your truth and don't believe everything that's being put out there for us. There's a lot of sleight of hand going on, and that's going to make it harder to really take charge of what we think we know and what we truly do know. Spend times buying around water if you can. Relax in a tub if you can go to a pool, even better. But use some time to relax, rest, and rethink what's going on around you. Take a look at your past. Take a look at the present. But take a look at what's going on in the future. And that means take a good look at what we're being fed politically as well as locally there's no surprises right now, and we're just going to have to really believe in what we see and how we feel about it. Things that we deal with on the legal side, they can pop up, and they can really be important to really pay close attention to it. So it's important that we hold back, but watch what you believe, and be careful what you're hearing because it isn't always true. That's kind of what's yeah. Going well, on right it looks now. like there's a lot that's being revealed right now. I mean, if you look at the January mm-hmm. six tapes coming out mm-hmm. after two years of being told that absolutely the opposite was going on, so also the information about Fauci, the vaccines, all of that is being revealed. So there's a lot of reveal happening. Oh yeah, and I We're know a lot of people too. are yeah, because a lot of people have been upset. Uh, with people who didn't want to get the vaccine and didn't want to go along with all of this and had said that this came from a lab and, and we were all mm-hmm. made fun of and and ostracized, et cetera. But then guess what? Here it is. It's being revealed mm-hmm. that this yep. is how it was all along. And so there's a lot of things like that that we're watching is like the great reveal. And it's time for everybody to kind of come to terms with it and realize that we were misled in a lot of ways. And so, like you said, you got to get to the truth yourself and, you and stay there. You stay in the truth. <laughs> exactly. It, you know, if we don't pay attention ourselves, 
we're going to be like a lineup of little geese and we're going to be fed all this corny stuff and find out afterwards none of it was true, or at least only a small portion. So we have to be very cautious of our belief system. You know, between us and God, we've got a good door open. We don't have to put right. up with the stuff that's going on now. No, I Just think we are on different, yeah. different footing at this point. So I wanted to also check in with everybody about the Endolite band. I said that I would be getting it last week, the oh, end of last yes. week, and I did. I got it from Germany from Weber Medical and had a chance to use it several times. And I will tell you what, it is extremely powerful, much more powerful than the Spectra watch that was the precursor to this one. And it's I mean, it's really <laughs> very slick looking, very comfortable to wear, and very powerful. So they are actually, the Weber Group is actually here in the United States now. When they get back to Germany, I'm going to be finding out more about it and the three different settings that you can use to go to sleep, to wake up, to rejuvenate yourself. So there's a lot to it, but it's extremely simple to use. I like that. I actually figured out how to use it without even looking at the instructions. So that's how simple it is and intuitive to use because I hate reading instructions. I'm one of those that boycott the instructions. So anyhow, I will be reporting more about exactly what you can expect from it. It is not inexpensive, as you know, but when you use the code, Supernatural Girls with a Z, you will get a discount on it. So I'm waiting for them to come back uh, to actually go back to Germany, and then uh, they're going to give me a special link for our audience members. And if you have any questions about it, feel free to send me an email. I will answer your questions as best I can. I did use the Spectra Watch for about five years with great results. So I'm excited to Mm -hmm. see the difference with this new, more powerful uh, band to use. And, you know, just talking about COVID, I forgot to mention this, but Dr. Weber had invented a special accessory, two accessories actually, for the Weber Spectra Plus that in Germany they're actually able to say, yes, this we treat COVID with this and it's gone in three days. And the difference was the color of the light. So they were using a light blue laser light to treat for COVID. And they got incredibly great results with that, too. So, Dr. Weber, God bless you. You're, current, you're on the leading edge of everything. And, again, uh, you can go to webermedical.com and take a look there. It's also on our Supernatural Girls website where you can take a look. But, overall, um, you can also just feel free to reach out, and I'll answer any questions you have. And then by next week, we should have their new link in place on our website. So you can just go there and go right to their website, order it if you like. But it's, again, a very powerful piece of technology you can use in the comfort of your own home. So, anyways, tonight we have such an unusual guest with an unusual story. Chris Bledsoe is with us. And he's the author of a book, UFO of God. Now, this is going to answer some questions for people out there wondering, are UFOs of God? Are they angels or not? So now, Chris, just so you know a little bit about him, he's a deeply religious family man, also a successful business owner from North Carolina. And he was on the verge of the unthinkable after losing everything in the 2007 financial crisis, and at that time he was suffering from a debilitating chronic disease. Now, when he was fishing along the bank of the Cape Cod Fear River with three co-workers and his teenage son, he walked away from the group, cried out to God in a desperate plea for help, and suddenly a UFO appeared, and it saved his life, and cured him of his illness. He experienced four hours of missing time. He returned to find his group dismayed and terrified. They ran for their lives as several UFOs chased them home. 
So we've got to hear this story. We've got to find out what happened to Chris. His case has been of great interest to NASA and the CIA and others. So welcome, Chris Bledsoe, everybody. Hi, Chris. How are you tonight? Ah, I'm doing great. Thank you. This is unusual. This is such an unusual (laughs) story, but you've got to walk us through this. You were in a bad way when all this happened, a really bad way. Yeah, I was um, um, at that time. I'm 61 now, so around I was around 46, I guess, at that time, and had been uh, dealing with Crohn's disease for pretty near 17 years. It started out as um, like IBS and turned into a debilitating illness that had me bedridden for nearly two years and. The, um, the the economy went south, and I had way too many houses on the market, and I watched it all go away and found myself unable to work because of my sickness and losing everything. I had to, to uh, I, I was praying out to, to anybody that would listen because here I am faced with putting my children, four little children, on free lunches at school, um, and that, you know, leaving a 5,000-foot home and a successful business for 20 years to to rock bottom, yeah, I was crying out to the heavens. And my son and three of uh, subcontractors that worked for my family had just finished a project down on the coast, and they all wanted to celebrate coming back. They'd been gone four months and ask if I would take them fishing. And the reason for that, I had the only four-wheel drive truck that could get down on that muddy river bottom, which is Pier River. Uh-huh. And my son was into it. He was 17. And um, that day, uh, we got there about 2.30 in the day, and I never fished. I just kept walking and looking at wildlife and just watching them. And along about 5 o'clock, Four quarter to five, I said, look, you want to go home or you want to fish more? Because it's going to get cold. Well, they were ready to fish. So we built the fire, and I left about ten after five, walking up to the the way we came in. You come across a big field to the back side, and you get to some trees, and you go downhill through these woods to the river. When I got to that field, there were two setting suns. That's what they looked like. Uh, huge, and they were not too far away, just above the trees. And I turned to run after observing a minute or two or a few minutes. And I'm commercial rated pilot. I knew right away it was something from somewhere else. And I got afraid. I turned to run, and I looked back. When I did, a third one appeared above me, and it came down and took me. And when I got back to the fire, I didn't remember anything. I thought 20 minutes had passed, and they'd been looking for me all night. They'd, uh, and as soon as I got back, they they appeared. I've got a question for you. When when you say you were taken, let me just ask ask you this question first, because I'm thinking back on when we had Travis Walton on the show and when he was taken and this beam of light pulled him up. Do you know how they took you? I mean, did they actually take a beam of light and do the same kind of thing with you like they did with Travis? All I remember is it appeared it looked exactly like the setting suns, the other two. Cross in circumference, um, they were they were huge. They were fiery red, orange, like the setting sun. That reminds me of that. But when it approached me, it morphed into a football or like a tic tac, glowing white now, and it had light going around it uh, that looked like sparkles. It was the craziest thing, but. In a blink of an eye, I was inside in a dark room. I, I don't know how they got me, other than it, it mm-hmm. came straight at me. And a second later, I'm I'm in the darkness. And, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's what got the attention of the government. 
the way I uh, the way I reported it, even the setting suns in, in the Fatima case, that's what the children reported. They were setting suns, what they looked like. They came down and dried out their clothes. That's in their testimony. But, uh, and also the, the size, I said, this thing that looked like a football or an egg actually laying on its side um, was about 45 feet long. And first, uh, and that's what the pilots reported the Tic Tac as being 46 foot on their radar. How did the mm. government find out about your experience? When I reported it, um, I didn't report it for 10 months because of the whole community had turned on me. The church ostracized me. The uh, oh. neighbors, the community, they all turned on me. And I'm like, I was praying to God. I, I wasn't praying to the devil. And now I don't have Crohn's anymore. I was I was healed from that, or at least it went remission. It's never come back. And um, But they didn't want to hear that. So I didn't report it for the first 10 months. And then after I did, that's when NASA caught wind. They all are hooked straight to move on. They know when it's reported. And so there, there came my first visitor, and it was a six-foot-four guy from NASA. Knocked on the door one day, and I wasn't home. And my son said, um, can I help you? He said, yeah. Is your dad home? I just came from Cape Canaveral just to meet him. Hmm. And that started a 11-year friendship that um, ended up. He was like my children's. Uh, they loved him. He would come to their their college graduations, and they were tiny when he first met them. Marvelous. You know, it's interesting because we've had so many people on the show, and some of them are very close friends who've been taken, who reported the experience one way or another, either through a book that was published or something else or television mm-hmm. show, and I have never heard, I don't know, you tell me, PK, have we ever heard of anybody being treated as well as Chris? I mean, the people that you know, we've talked to, yeah, the people that we've talked to, the government has harassed the living crap out of them and followed <laughs> so them that, and intimidated them. Yeah, yeah, it's like wasn't fun, and there was nobody in that lineup that would have had a you know, a stand-in grandfather from the government for their kids because it was so unpleasant, you know. And it wasn't for their lack of trying to to really be friendly and amicable with all of these large agencies. It's just that the agencies had their own protocol to follow, and it was nasty. So you're lucky. You were treated so well. Well, if you read my book, um, you'll see a story that goes all the way to the White House and many stories. And if you look at the board written in my book, it's by uh, one of the highest-ranking CIA, uh, the, the director of operations, Jim Simivan wrote the board, John Alexander. Uh, I mean, he, he worked with Los Alamos National Lab. He's... I just spoke to him on the phone. He's like, loves my family. And he wrote a book, Reality Denied. The second chapter is about he and I walking down the Cape Fear River right where it happened. And I said, John, there is here right now. And pointed up and it appeared right over our head. He's been on many interviews talking about that, uh, how it's uh, temporally connected to myself. And we film it. We film it all the time. I have 2,000 videos in my uh, camera, my, even my cell phone uh, or more, that's been taken in the last couple of years of, of these, these, from entities to orbs on the ground to orbs in the sky. In fact, Will this ever... summer, there's, okay. there's a new History Channel show uh, premiering this summer. I can't say the name. But uh, pay attention to the History Channel because they're featuring myself and three of my children. 
and I think everybody will um, be amazed. Great. We'll be looking for that, and if I see it in time, I'll be happy to announce it on the air so that people can be sure to watch for that. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It's incredible that you were you're treated so well by the government, our government that is a reputation for doing the exact opposite, but also treated so well by the ETs, healing your Crohn's disease, which is a horrible <laughs> disease, very painful, very debilitating, and it hasn't come back in all these years, and it's very unusual. So, why you? That's exactly what I was going to ask. What made them decide to choose you? What made you? Yeah. You know what? You know what's going to blow your mind is if you read my book, you'll hear from one of the highest-ranking NASA officials. Um, his name is uh, Timothy E. Taylor. You can Google the guy. He is. Uh, he's better known as the Dragon. That's his code name there. But. He came to my house and sat with my whole family, and he tested us with this meta material. And when he handed it to me, my arm started convulsing, and this electrical energy went through me. And when I got to where I could see, he was right in my face, and he said, Why you? I said, What do you mean, why me? He said, Well, I would have known you were lying if this didn't have any kind of reaction that I've never seen but two others and this was by far the biggest and so Mm. that led me into permission to get into mission control and to study in stem cell research and all kinds of things that um, was all a pleasant experience and you know just just a country boy from North Carolina that was being uh tormented by the average person and I couldn't tell them what I was involved in and I wanted to scream to the top of my lungs. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, you know. <clears throat> yeah. So I took it. I have uh, I have had uh, a lot of the CIA around me, the NASA folks, uh, the NRO, the the DIA, the DOD, the FBI, the MOD in Britain to Australia, all people wanting to study this. And it's because it appears around me continually. Last night, most any night I go outside. They appear. Here it comes. And so that's their interest, is that you have a continuous relationship with them that they can see visually. They can walk with you, look up in the sky, there they are. So that's their, yep. they have a level, that's why they have such a high level of interest in you. Very interesting, yeah. So it's that ongoing have relationship. Have you ever been given information as to why you were chosen? Um, you know, I don't feel that way because it's been an awful burden. Um, yes, a gift at Pain, I'm sure both. Uh, I think if if you read the book completely, you would you would see that I still don't know that answer. But it started when I was a little boy at two years old. Uh, I was I caught fire and and experienced third degree burns on one of my legs. And by six, I was injured bad. By ten years old, I was shot. Point blank in the back wow. with a shotgun, blew a hole Ouch. in me as big as uh, an orange, directly in line with my heart. And yet Oof. the lead is all around in my chest. I still set off the the uh, machine when I walk through the airport. They pat me down every time. It shows a big yellow splash around my back and heart. But not uh, all this lead. 350 pellets went into my back. And not one head of like organ missed them all by this millimeter. Incredible. And yet I'm still here. And that's just the beginning of things that's happened. And when things started, and until with that you, day, I was. Re- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say when things started with you as early as two years of age. 
had anything yeah. similar in any way, shape, happen within other members of the family or the family, shall we say, the uh, elders as you were growing up? Or was it just you? Uh, no, man. It was just me. Amazing. Um, and I don't know why. When I was a little boy at five years old, I lived out in the country on a dirt road, and the nearest house was three-eighths of a mile away. And it was a farm. We didn't have a paved road. We didn't have a lawnmower. We had a, you know, a few weeds, but the ground was always powdered dirt, and so we raked the dirt or broomed it and drew in the dirt for fun like hopscotch and all those. Well, while the mm-hmm. cousins and all was doing that, I was drawing circles on the ground and pretending to fly to the moon. Oh. Everybody knew I was doing that when I was a little fellow. Mm. And so the orbs are here. That? They're around me. They're 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 pr- protecting and watching. And, and um, they're ready to reveal themselves to the world, and, and they're doing it. The connection with you and them could have been prior to you even coming to Earth. Is that a possibility? Well, I, I think that's a real possibility because it don't mm-hmm. matter where I go. Uh, I was, you know, in California. I was in L.A. a couple of days ago, and it doesn't matter if I'm there. I've seen them there with witnesses in Las Vegas and Pennsylvania and North Carolina. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's always around, next to me somewhere. Incredible. And do they ever take anybody, like say you're walking around in California and you're with friends and you look up and there they are, do they ever take anybody else aboard their ship? Um, well, I, I've had uh, in my book, you'll read about a nuclear submarine commander that was taken with me and his wife and six other people, or there was eight of us total, five of them. Um, and there are several other incidents. There's a scientist from Wake Forest University and her assistant lost two hours of time with me. And it's all documented. It's happened numerous times. But more of many, many do they many remember? Have, no, they didn't remember what happened, although I knew. I even told them we lost time tonight, 15 minutes. And and I reveal that in the book, how I know that, how I knew it. Well, that's why everybody needs to buy the book. And, again, the name Definitely. of the book is called <laughs> UFO of God, The Extraordinary True Story of Chris Bledsoe. It is a spiritual journey of missing time, clouds of fire, healings, and hitchhikers. So it's a great book. I didn't get to read the whole thing, but I read quite a bit of it. And, again, I was really struck by uh, so many um, differences in your experience Mm -hmm. with the ETs versus many others. But they're still in touch with you. So what what do they say? I mean, what are they talking about now? Well, um, it's according to what I ask them. You know, it's it's that kind of communication. It's not like they come one time and they tell me anything. And I don't call them ETs at all. I call it the phenomenon because I don't label it. To me, it was spiritual, mm-hmm. 100%. I was mm-hmm. crying out, God, help me. And I was ready to end my life at that point. But with my children, I could not think of it. And I was struggling, you know, what, pray and help me. Oh, yeah. And Miss Fire comes out of the sky and brings me back. And here I am talking to you, you know, 16 years later, telling this. But along that way, many a people who have been very sick have found, uh, have found uh, amazing benefits by coming around or here or um, in the book you'll read about a young boy in Washington D.C. I don't know if you've gotten there yet Patricia but there's a young fellow there that without spoiling it his family is one very high prominent family in D.C. lives in Virginia uh, Arlington that old street where you know right next to the downtown D, uh, D.C. Well, he had mm-hmm. a disease that was incurable. Um, he had a feeding tube. Uh, he got to talk to Mr. Obama to make his 
make a wish, and they gave him a year to live. His mama was a doctor. His grandfather was a, one of the most prominent cardiologists in New York, and they had nowhere to go and no more help. Anybody could help him. So I get a call from somebody connected to the CIA, and they said, would you come help this child? Well, I didn't know what to do. I had no clue. So they flew me out there, and there's a whole lot more to that story. And it involves some of the highest level people, you know, witness some of this stuff. And uh, let's just say this little boy is now a young man and, and uh, uh, going to be a junior this year in college. Isn't that so great? That is my difference, yes. It goes mm. clear to the top. So now, he went somebody like... Has, I was just saying, my experience with the government with... has always been positive. Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing. I mean, when you are called upon for a situation like this, where these people come from a medical family, they're at their wit's end, their child is going to die in a year, according to the doctors and specialists, then how how do you basically facilitate the healing. Can you describe that for uh, us? Is that something you can talk about? Well, yeah. You see, when I reported this thing, I I told them I thought there were angels. I never saw a flying saucer. I never saw any of that. I never had that type of experience. It was it was a spiritual thing, and, and they're connected to my thoughts uh, even now. Tonight, if I went out and I asked, come here, usually here they will come, or at least you know, notify me, they see me, and anybody else is standing here. Uh, but, you know, I just reach out to the heavens and I ask uh, for their healing power to be given to you or to whoever this person is. Sick. I don't think it's me doing anything. I don't even claim that. I wouldn't know how other than to ask the heavens, would you help this person? And I get calls every single day of my life, many, many of them. I have letters, stacks that were given to me in L.A., and I haven't even opened them all yet because I'll start that tomorrow. But I just take these people, I look at them, and and I'm... Meditate, and then I ask the, the heavens to, to to bless these people, heal them. And I've seen some that nothing helped them, but I've seen many that were cancer-free or whatever their issues. One lady in, in, in Australia, I get a call from Bruce Fenton. He's a scientist. He Chris, my friend in Australia, is dying with ovarian cancer, and it's terminal they're going to cut on her in, in, a, in like six weeks. Can I help? I said, can you help? I said, yeah, tell her to send me a T-shirt, something that's hers. Mm-hmm. And she did. It took a month to get it. And I sent it back <laughs> just because I, wow. I wanted to touch it. It was all right. So mm-hmm. I sent it back. She goes in for surgery and calls me. The doctor is all, can't believe what happened. He said, we found nothing. What happened? What did you do? She said, I don't know, some man in America. Uh, <laughs> I sent him a shirt. And now I'm, I'm free of cancer. So it's yeah, not about ET to me. I don't want to label it because I really don't right. know what we're dealing with. And, and I don't think the government knows. In fact, I know they don't. They really? don't understand how to tell. Yeah, they don't know how to tell the people that it's conscience-based. And so I'm doing that. I'm telling what they don't know how to tell, basically, the way I see it. We, we and can't you're bringing so it. much, yeah, and you're bringing so much uh, joy to people who basically have a death sentence, like whether it's cancer or a cardiac issue or something else. So you're, you're bringing them the the possibility of healing and many people are getting healed through through this experience how remarkable that must give you a really good feeling well it does to see people 
you know, lose that fear of dying. That's the most worst thing you can ever see somebody go through, knowing mm-hmm. they may die. And and all I want to do is give them hope. You know, I don't know what's happening. I, I'm not going to tell you it's me because it's not. It's something greater than you and I. I just mm-hmm. have a way to, to talk to the heavens, and all of a sudden you get lights that start appearing and come zooming by. And that's so been with that's many, quite many, a, many, many times. It's quite a challenge <clears throat> to be able to, to reach out and connect on that frequency and then have it come back yeah. and, and be able to help others. So it's it's remarkable what you're doing and what a gift that you are to have all of us because you're explaining things, as yeah. you mentioned, that nobody else can explain. Certainly our government, we've kind of given up on them anyway. So, you know, we have to turn to... <laughs> People like you, you know, who are kind enough and honest enough to tell us your own experience and relationship with these beings, whatever they may be. Right. Well, I I don't think there's a coincidence. I don't think, I don't believe in those. But I am for sure that there's no coincidence that my book, we started on Easter basically, of last Easter. And all that long ago, we had no idea the day or the week that it's released. Uh, the, the the U.S. is out shooting balloons down and and telling the world that they're seeing these things is, is up there. And um, they just... The, uh, the media has been a big thing at the release of this book. It's like there's no coincidence in... I think the phenomena is in control. We don't really have a say, nor does the government. It's going to do what it wants. And um, if you get a picture, it's because they let you take a picture. If it appears, it's because mm-hmm. they agreed to appear, or just for whatever reason they did it. But, um, that's that's a new that's the awakening. I think the, the people are going to awaken to a new knowledge. We're not alone. The whole evolution thing, they got to throw it out the window. Yeah. That's for sure. That's happening. Now, what about, what about your children, Chris? Are, do they have the same ability that you have? Well, I tell them they do because it appears around <laughs> them all the time. They just They oh. just don't hear it like I hear it, right? But it appears around my wife and my children. Um, and everybody knows that. It's in the book how many, you know, quite a few monumental things that's happened or that tells a story. But just uh, last month, uh, two, three weeks ago, I go out most every night if it's not cloudy or cold because I have, uh, I can't take the cold very well. So I walk out one night and it was cloudy, so I, Stayed out about five minutes around my shop, went back in, and my wife just casually looked up and said, well, when you got up uh, from your chair, within a minute or so after you walked out, this green orb about the size of a, a grapefruit appeared right over your chair. And it was sizzling, mm. this electrical noise, just kind of buzzing. She said it sounded like it was sizzling. And then suddenly... It exploded, and the whole room was filled with green light. And that's pretty common. They see all kinds of things like that, from shadowy figures that walk through the house to orbs over the house, around it, uh, inside, in the forest. It's pretty amazing. Now, I heard one of your other interviews. Oh, they do. Well, well, my you were kids talking, bring their friends, and, and they get to see oh, it with me. That's amazing. So when in one of your other interviews, I think it was with Jimmy Church, you were talking about the green, the significance of green light. Can you tell us more uh, about that? Well, yeah. Um, you know, having ties with some folks from NASA, I was made privy of a lot of things way back. For example, I knew uh, 12, 13 years ago that our DNA was pinging a signal to space. 
And what that means is uh, that your DNA, every human being has a DNA that's wireless. It's just like a wireless router in your house. And it's sending a signal in the 156 megahertz range, which is the radar frequencies, out in the space, and it's pinging back. Something's talking back to us. Well, um, and, and your body, your your skeletal system is like the antenna. The hair on your head is like the receptor. And they've known this for years, like the wind talkers. In World War II, the, the Native Americans, they had mm-hmm. long hair. They right. had a connection to the spirit. But the minute they cut their hair, that was gone. They lost it. Well, women have always been so spiritual. They had that long hair and there's a connection. You hear your feel your hair standing up on your body? Well, I right. feel that when yeah. they're near me, right, just before they appear. Huh. And more, and more uh, you know, I can hear them in a telepathic way. But the green light, they've since discovered, they believe, that the, the chemical in a plant is chlorophyll, and the chemical in the hemoglobin is a similar, they call it like, I think, ADT. I, I don't know the na- na- uh, technical names for that, but the, uh, the center of the light spectrum is green. If you look at any color uh, chart frequency, the light spectrum, the middle is green. The trees are green. The grass is green. The aurora borealis is mostly green. Because of the angle that the sun hits the earth, it casts a green light. Well, in that green light, they believe that all information is um, sent through the light to every living thing. When it shines on chlorophyll, it starts to, to begin to come alive and to grow a tree. Same with humans. And it's telling our complicated body how to operate. You're not doing it. There are 12 trillion cells in the body. And and those cells are getting information how to operate. And it's not me and you doing it. There's something talking to us. And see how complex all this is. It's crazy. But there's so much that's yeah. going to unfold that we can't imagine. Well, well, we're going through all these different aspects of things. Say a person will talk to you if they have, well, I have osteoporosis very bad. Now, I'm sorry. is using the color green, would that be helpful for healing and such, working with it? Or would someone be able to work with you? Or could you work with someone to work with something like this? I absolutely work with someone that uses that. In fact, I have my own device that was given to me by this specific person which is a scientist in Miami, and he's a laser scientist. He works a doctor. He heals, you know, uh, he uses, he treats with lasers, and it was tremendous success, and they're green lasers. But I have um, osteo. My hands are so bad at times because of osteo and, and mm-hmm. RA. I have RA as well. Uh, but these laser was sent to me, and, and I'm telling you, my fingers get so painful, I can shine this laser on them for a uh, amount of time, and it really changes um, my use, my dexterity in my hands to where I can use them better. <clears throat> but That's I'll be glad to, terrific. to connect you somehow. This person. I would definitely be a very appreciative of that. So many of us have things you don't know how to go about getting and taking care of. And you have a gift that I does it take a lot from you when you're out helping other people? Well, it does, and I think it's because of, um, well, it's like I went to L.A. on Friday to Pasadena and mm-hmm. had a real busy time there. I didn't get to even, it was a whirlwind. I was back on Monday and it take me two days to recoup, uh, pretty much two full days. And if I'm out, um, yeah, I don't have it like I used to. And the energy uh, gets so intense, I drain myself, I guess, mm-hmm. trying to focus. I can imagine. 
Yeah. It, it has to take a lot from you to do this. It does. It really does. My wife is on me all the time, like, you're not going by yourself. You need me to be with you. You don't look after yourself. And I told her when I got home this week, I said, you're right. I just don't want to go without you no more. I need you Good. there. You know, I, couldn't stop to get a, I couldn't stop to get a sandwich. And so many people. I mean, we, we had a big, uh, we were doing book signing at, at Alien Con. And, uh-huh. There were lines of people there. It was a tremendous turnout and great success. And well, that's wonderful. Everybody, yeah. What was crazy is people were buying the book. Uh, folks that have really not been involved in the UFO world. One sweet lady, she was 67, school teacher, walks in the door. We were the first table she saw, or one of the first. And she... She stood off a distance looking at my book cover on a backdrop and uh, stood there about five minutes just reading. And, and then I turned the book over and said, look at the back. Well, after a few minutes, she bought the book and then went off uh, the rest of the day to going into these shows. And there was like thousands of people going into these ballrooms to watch lectures. Wow. She come back about two two o'clock in the day, and she said, she whipped out a hundred dollar bill, and she said, "I want four more books." I said, "Oh yeah, well, tell me about it." She said, "Well, I was standing in line to get him on these shows, and I started reading your book to pass time, and I could not put it down, and she liked it so well, she bought four more, and that happened." There's several people coming back buying more copies. Uh, it's been That's well wonderful. Yeah, it's terrific because, you, like you said, Chris, you're giving people all this hope, and especially now. People mm, really need it. And I think also it's there's such an incredible explosion of people with illnesses, serious chronic illnesses, mm. That are just yeah. popping up all over the place, and so I, I know a lot of it's to do with our polluted environment and our poor diet, poor lifestyle choices, et cetera. But it just uh, it's wonderful that you're able to offer what you do for them, and so they can have a chance to get better, enjoy their lives for however long they're here. So this is just a wonderful, wonderful story. And again, everybody, the name of the book is UFO of God, the Extraordinary True Story of Chris Bledsoe. And this is available Amazon and all the bookstores, etc. So you can easily get a copy of it. Yes, easily. So it's so it's remarkable too that you have you're singular, I think, in your effect and your connection with these entities. Do you know of anybody else like you who's had a similar experience? Well, I, I tell you, I'll say I have friends that many people, and you read this little line there, it says hitchhikers. Um, what that really means is people, and in, in, on the History Channel, you'll see a professor that is on there with me and he's telling his story about how he met me and how um, it it went home with him and there are a lot of people like that that once it's like a truth switch if you came here and, and, you, and you opened your heart and you lose that doubt and accept it you know and then it'll appear if it does I can usually tell, and I do, within minutes, if it's going to go home with you or not. It's according to how you receive it and how it reacts. <clears throat> but many people go home, and it, it just keeps appearing around them. And if uh-huh. it stops, they'll call me, and I'll reconnect with them, and here it comes again. And that happens all the time with um, wow. with with people, yeah. Well, that is a gift that keeps on giving. That's great. Definitely. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. There's a 
There's a scientist from Virginia Tech from the Hume Center of National Technology. His name is Dr. Bob McGuire. He came here last uh, in 20, uh, 20, early 2020 and with his wife. And she had had a stroke, and uh, he was just really wanted to meet me and try to experience the thing. He just retired so he could. He carried secret clearances and stuff. But long story short, he comes here and we go outside and I ask it to come and here it comes. It flew all around us and over my head and there were this aura appeared over me and these lights started flashing on and off above my head and he's looking at this. And anyhow, he goes home and two weeks later, uh, he calls me and he's freaking out because there's rain falling inside of his house. He finds puddles of water that wets him for his bed or is he and his wife. And he's like oh scared. I don't know what's happening. And I said, Bob, don't worry. Don't be afraid. They're there with you. They're not going to hurt you. Let's see what they're going to do. And then within a week or so, he calls me and his wife has no more uh, symptoms of a stroke. It all went away. Ever since then, oh, he's beautiful. been a different human being. Incredible. Mm, yeah. it's fabulous. What a beautiful experience. Yes. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, this is this is remarkable what you've been through. And you basically had a dark night of the soul when all this started and you reached up to the heavens and but they responded instantly yeah. to you when you did that. So that dark night of the soul really paid off for you and others now who benefit from your your graciousness with your energy but it's definitely it's really interesting it's you know we had carl higdon on the show i don't know if you know about carl's story but he's also a country guy he's no longer with us unfortunately he passed away in the last year but carl also had a he's one of the few like you that had a really kind of a good relationship with the what he called aliens, and I think they really were ETs that picked him up and brought him back to their home planet. But he didn't meet their criteria because he had had a vasectomy, and they really didn't uh, want somebody like that. So they brought him home. But there was this this different energy between this one alien that was leading the expedition and Carl, and they he kept in touch with him until he died. So that's, I guess, one other person that we know about. But you're saying you're not you're not really giving any information or having any information about what these beings are. They're spiritual to you, is what you're saying, right? It's not like they're saying well, I'm from the fourth star outside of the you know galaxy or anything. No, no, that's not at all. They're they're above us at all times. I actually mm-hmm. believe um well I don't know what to believe and I don't want, I want to stop short of labeling this but I will tell you what I reported 16 years ago when I told Mufon I thought they were angels they looked at me and said well that's just too much for us and um <laughs> they left Really and I yeah and, <laughs> <The> figures <laughs> yeah. That's what they told That's me. That's limiting. Too much. So, wow. And get this. <laughs> I'm left. I'm left with all these kids that are terrified because we had nobody to help us. Nobody, the, the UFO world, didn't, they rejected us because they were about nuts and bolts then. And, and it was, I couldn't, com, I could not understand what all these people were talking about. They had names and, and where they come from. And I'm like, left in a daze. I I don't even know what happened to me at that time. How can you know all this? And my nasty friend come in and he said, look, we want you to stay away from others. That way your experience is yours. Don't, don't listen mm-hmm. to others. Don't go to those things. We want you to be as pure as you can be without mm-hmm. influence from other people talking. And so that's why I spent the last 15 years not being in the public and uh, and experiencing this and working with different people to try to figure out what's happening. And we're still stumped at what it is. We just know it's spiritual. 
they know this. The government knows it's conscience-based. They just don't know how to tell you. They don't want to scare the world, and it could. Well, at this point, I don't think they'd be scared. I I think they'd be thrilled because of what we're watching going on in the uh, upper echelons of our government. It's not comforting, to say the least. But this is. I mean, this this is a chance of reaching out and touching and being touched by an expanded cosmic consciousness that's loving yeah. and kind. Yeah, hope. That's, that's a big difference. Hope yeah. is important. Well, that's, hope. My, that's my experience, and I can back it up. I can show you. I've shown it to many. We film it, and it's all come in public. And you see the government people, high-level folks around me, allow me to tell this without any any redaction. They didn't offer to stop me. In fact, they encouraged me. You need to tell That's your great. story. The world needs to hear it. Okay. It's overdue. This is people need to know. Well, yeah, we're all for it. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's wonderful to know that you are being encouraged because most are not. So this this is very, very uplifting that you have had this type of, of reach out that is met in a in a very positive way. We we want to hear this stuff. We want to be able to connect. It's wonderful. It's not a good feeling to be disconnected from the spirit or from your own spirituality. But you know, that's not a happy moment. So it's really nice that you're able to show people and say, Look over my head, here it is and is there healing that's needed? Let's do it. So all excellent, excellent things, Chris. And so you're saying that the History Channel did something. You're not going to be able to tell us the name, but we should keep an eye out for it. So it's a docudrama? Is that what this is? Well, it's a series that will have several episodes and um, and spotlighting us. Uh, Yeah, it's coming out this summer. Uh, I'm not the only one in it. But I think um, we will probably be the grand finale there because the show is based on location. They go around the locations trying to find this, but then when it comes to me, they go into a person and mm-hmm. what they discover. It's just going to be a great show, and um, it's coming out. It's coming out this summer. And I have to stop before I get in trouble because. Yeah, oh, really. We don't want you to get in trouble, Chris. We don't. Well, what I'll do, though, uh, we will we'll reach out to your publicist and make sure that uh, they contact us when this is going to come out. So we'll announce it. We'll put it on our Facebook page and let everybody know they should watch it. And they should certainly get your book because we didn't even get into all the details. And, again, sometimes it's a fine line here because we don't want to tell you all the stuff, our audience here, because you need to read the book and get the full experience of this story. I mean, it's remarkable. There's pictures. The writing is excellent. So this is the book to read, UFO of God, The Extraordinary True Story of Chris Bledsoe, A Spiritual Journey of Missing Time, Clouds of Fire, Healings, and Hitchhikers. So this is I think I'd like to experience a hitchhiker. So maybe you could send them our way, Chris. That would be fun. And yeah, then I'll get definitely. back to you and let you know. Yeah, we're big experiencers well, It might, it might could happen. I love have to it. get me out one, one Saturday night and call me on the phone and see, can't we make it happen for you? I've done it oh, all the way to Spain. Exciting. Spain. Yeah, we should give it a try. We'll definitely set that up. And then we'll let everybody yeah. know what happened. Yes, that sounds yeah. so cool. I just I love it. I love it. You have an exciting <laughs> life, really. And so your sure. children are blessed with this, too, which is wonderful. And your wife. Uh, so you've got I'm blessed a family of blessed. Beautiful children. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing I have is my family, and that's all I care about in life is my wife and children and my grandbaby. Uh, yeah, that's what well, I now I know why they, they picked you. They chose you because you're such a good man, and that exactly. that's wonderful. 
Yeah, that's why they they just immediately responded to you. So that is a gift that we now all get to partake with in your presence. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we didn't even get to touch on some of the other things in the book, but like I said, um, get the book, everybody. And again, the (laughs) name of the book is UFO of God, The Extraordinary True Story of Chris Bledsoe. And you have, I'm going to mention this, because you had an experience with an angelic being or a spiritual being, Mary. Is this, am I saying that right, that that's something, another entity that you experienced? Yeah, um, more than once. And uh, the Catholic Church calls her Mary or my friends that are, um, but, you know, I'm, I was born and raised Baptist and I married a Pentecostal girl. So I wasn't, I wasn't uh, raised up knowing Mary like the Catholic people were, uh, my friends. Right. So I didn't see her as that, but it very well could have been. Uh, I just called her the lady um, and she changed my life. When I, five years after it all happened, I was, we went through five years of dark times of ridicule and hard times. And I walked out one night and said, I'm quit. I'm not ever speaking of this again. I've ruined my children's lives. I've ruined my family by, you know, continually you, you asked me to tell everyone they did that when they took me. And I was out telling everyone and getting, you know, hit with a baseball bat, you might say, every time I yeah. poked my head up they were after my, uh, the community was tough. And so after five years, it was Easter. It was the night before Easter, 2012. And I walked outside and I shouted to the heavens, mad. I said, I want, every time I bring a camera out to try to prove this to my family, you won't appear. It appeared to my children and wife, but. You know, they weren't talking about it because they they would get lambasted by family or whatever. Right. And so um, I actually decided I was going to quit when I was drawn so deeply inside that I had to tell everybody. And that night I went to bed and I heard this loud, thunderous voice woke me up. Well, it turned into... Um, this beautiful lady appeared and uh, outside I walked outside and that's where she came and she said you're not going anywhere this is your burden and you're going to have to stick with it you got to tell the story and if you do I will bless you I will help you I will be by your side and I'll allow you to take videos and photos and all that but let me tell you from five years of darkness to within two weeks, I was uh, invited to something that turned into uh, all the way to the White House within a couple, three years. And uh, all this, um, you know, helping folks that were sick, it all manifested right after she left. Being able to take, mm. I have 15,000 photos and uh Two or three thousand videos on my phone. That's great. Wow. And that's in, yeah. And it all happened after 2012, after she left. Hmm. And so, yeah, she changed my life. Yeah. Well, you've been touched by angels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I I know. Sure. But you've been touched by angels, that's for sure, and touched by God consciousness. Chris, this is an amazing life you're living, and you're so kind to share it with us. We really appreciate it. Well, it's my honor to be on your show. You just don't know how much I appreciate both of you and um, this time. And it's time for the world to know. And I'm being... Uh, no pressure on me to talk. I can say what I want. I, I won't get any blowback by anybody. Um, the government's ready to tell it. Like I say, I don't think they know how. Don't believe they do. Yeah. 
Cause I and yeah. I I work with it. I talk with it, and I don't know how. I can just tell you, it didn't eat me. If it was bad, it had me sixteen years ago or longer. And it's only um, after much suffering has turned into a beautiful blessing for for me mm-hmm. and these children. Amazing. Phenomenal. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Oh, this has been a very, very wonderful experience listening to you tonight and having this conversation. We're very grateful, and we wish you the best with everything good coming your way to you and your family. And again, everybody, the name of the book is The UFO of God, The Extraordinary True Story of Chris Bledsoe. Get your copy. You will be very happy that you did. So, Chris, please, uh, we'll keep in touch with you, and and we will hopefully have you back soon. And in the meantime, everybody, next week we'll be back with another great show. And until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.